Welcome to Squawk 5353, the Private Pilot Podcast, Episode 4. I'm your host, Izzy Simon, a private pilot sharing my tips and tricks to make the skies a safer place. In today's episode, we'll be looking at perfecting your maneuvers so that you can ace them on your check ride. Stay tuned for all this and more in Squawk 5353. Of all the maneuvers, I found ground reference maneuvers to be the most difficult. The purpose of ground reference maneuvers is to train pilots to accurately place the plane in relationship to specific references and maintain desired ground track. That comes directly from the airplane flying handbook, and when we dissect it, it basically means that the pilot is able to fly the airplane to a point on the ground. The pilot must use his instruments in tandem with outside visual references to determine the relative motion and desired ground track of the airplane. A pilot's fixating on any one reference eliminates the ability to determine the rate, which significantly degrades a pilot's performance. When driving a car, a person uses ground reference to calculate their rate of turn. A driver may pick out several objects, unbeknownst to them, and process the distance calculations picked up by their eyes. The same holds true in an airplane, but because of the task saturation often associated when first starting to fly an airplane, pilots get very overwhelmed and fail to keep track of their ground references. It is important to note that a pilot should complete the required checklist items found in the airplane's POH, make any radio announcements necessary, and finally, do clearing turns. Another important note is that during ground reference maneuvers, turns should not exceed 45 degrees. As the airplane banks, the load factor increases, also increasing the stall speed. This can be dangerous when performing ground reference maneuvers because the airplane is only anywhere from 600 to 1000 feet AGL. I typically will fly ground reference maneuvers at altitudes at least 1000 feet AGL. This way, I have a safe alternative if I need to go down in a field. This also helped me establish what it feels like to be at pattern altitude. Pattern altitude is typically 1,000 feet AGL for light aircraft. One of the most difficult things I found in my training was maintaining altitude while in the traffic pattern. By practicing my ground reference maneuvers at 1,000 feet AGL, I became more comfortable with the sensation of being that close to the ground. From the Airplane Flying Handbook, quote, when flying straight and level and following a selected straight line direct ground track, the preferred method of correcting for wind is to angle the airplane sufficiently into the wind to cancel the effect sideways. What this means is that an airplane should point towards the wind in order to maintain the airplane's desired ground track. The airplane flying handbook then goes on to depict this as a boat crossing a river with a side current. If the boat were to drive straight across, the current would push it downstream. However, the smart captain of the boat turns the boat into the river so that it can get across the river at its desired point. Now that we've talked about the basics of ground reference maneuvers as a whole, we can talk about each individual ground reference maneuver. All ground reference maneuvers begin on the downwind. This means the wind will be at the airplane's tail. The pilot should choose an area that is rectangular and seems suitable in case of emergency. Rectangular course is often considered to be the easiest ground reference maneuver because it allows pilots to think while flying on one of the legs of the rectangular course. However, a pilot should not relax on these long legs. A pilot needs to be ready to establish a correct wind correction angle in order to maintain the track over the ground. 
The main goal of this exercise is to keep the airplane a half mile to three quarters mile away from the selected rectangle. As mentioned before, the airplane enters on the downwind. As the pilot flies his downwind leg, he has to get ready for his turn onto his base leg. Because the wind is at your tail, it has a tendency to push you out, so a steeper turn is required so that you can maintain your desired ground track. While flying the base leg, grab the airplane into the wind. Again, this will maintain your desired ground track. For your base to your upwind turn, maintain a medium bank angle as you turn. In flying your upwind leg, there's no wind correction necessary because the wind should be at your nose. However, if winds are not perfect that day, you may need a slight wind correction angle in order to fly the desired ground track. Turning from your upwind leg to your crosswind leg, because the wind is pushing you from your nose, a smaller bank angle means you will keep your ground track. Again, on your crosswind leg, keep the nose pointed towards the wind ever so slightly to maintain your ground track. Turning back to your downwind leg, perform a turn with a medium bank angle and no more wind correction should be necessary. You can complete as many circuits as you would like in this rectangular course, but just make sure to exit on the downwind. Rectangular course is good not only for pilots practicing maintaining ground track, but also it is good to help pilots understand how a traffic pattern works. The names of the legs are identical to those found in a traffic pattern, so the pilot begins to understand what it is like to fly in the traffic pattern when there are winds. Although it's the easiest, it's still common to make many mistakes while flying your rectangular course for the first few times. Before entering a maneuver, make sure to always have a constant level attitude. Going into the maneuver without having the airplane fully under your control is not a great way to start your maneuver and you'll most likely end in failure. As well as maintaining a good level attitude, pilots also fail to maintain altitude and fail to correct for wind direction. As this is typically in the beginning of your training, most pilots don't feel comfortable with the airplane yet. Make sure to focus on having coordinated aileron and rudder inputs. When performing rectangular course, it's best to start your turn when the airplane is perpendicular to one of the sides of the rectangle you have chosen as your ground reference. Rectangular course is a great way for new pilots to learn how to control the airplane without them feeling task saturation. Many pilots become overwhelmed by all the new information they receive while in the airplane. It's best to learn these maneuvers on the ground so that you don't have to pay for the instructor and the rental of the aircraft while trying to learn these ground reference maneuvers. It's nearly impossible to learn anything in the air if you're not comfortable first. Make sure you're feeling relaxed, and if you ever are worried, just tell your instructor. They're there to help. Up next, we have turns around a point. I like to think of turns around a point as a condensed rectangular course. Turns around a point are one continuous turn around a specific point on the ground, about a quarter mile to about a half a mile away. Turns around a point are difficult because they happen so fast. Unlike rectangular course, a pilot has very little time to think about what their next move is going to be. A pilot must adjust his or her bank angle to correct for the right ground speed in order to maintain a constant radius. Establishing and adjusting the wind correction angle in order to maintain track over the ground. And they also must have the ability to compensate for drift in a quickly changing orientations. As with all ground reference maneuvers, turns around a point are entered on the downwind. As soon as the aircraft perpendicular to the reference point, the airplane should begin its turn. The first turn should be the steepest turn. The first 90 degrees are crucial in maintaining that constant radius from the point. Following this, the pilot should make a moderate bank turn 
as they begin to face into the wind. Now, halfway around the turn, the pilot should be facing into the wind and will make the shallowest turn. While completing the last 90 degrees of the turn, the pilot should complete a moderate bank angle. Turns around a point have always been difficult for me, but a trick that helps me the most is watching my ground speed as I go around. If my ground speed is lower, I know I need to have a shallower bank angle, and if my ground speed is higher, I need to have a steeper bank angle in order to maintain this constant radius. Make sure your airplane is properly configured before entering the turns around a point. Make sure that you are your desired distance away from the point. I typically choose a half mile. I like to be just above maneuvering speed so that I have time to process even though I'm constantly turning. Turns around a point remain difficult because the pilot must monitor both inside and outside references. The airplane must maintain a constant radius and the airplane may not gain or lose more than 100 feet. When performing a turn around a point, the pilot should select a prominent ground base reference that is easily distinguishable yet small enough to present a precise reference. I typically like to choose where two roads intersect. Roads tend to be a half mile or a mile away from each other and tend to run either parallel or perpendicular. This makes ground reference easy. Before I even begin my turns around a point, I always choose out the four outer boundaries of where my turn should be. When I fly them, I make sure that my airplane never goes past these out of boundary limits, yet never is too far inside from them. Before attempting turns around a point, I would make sure that you understand what your sight pictures look like. For those of you who don't know, a sight picture is how the airplane appears when you look outside across the nose of the airplane. Many people will use the cowling and say, if the cowling is about two finger widths away from the horizon, we're straight and level, or something like that. And now to talk about the failures often associated with turns around a point. Again, a common failure is not being ready for the turn. Make sure that you have the right airspeed, the right attitude, and altitude before entering the maneuver. Pilots are giving plus or minus 100 feet on their check ride, and they must assess for wind direction. Failure to properly execute constant radius turns can be a problem. Make sure that you are always maintaining about a half mile to a quarter mile away. DBEs will typically be understanding if you get closer to your reference point or a little bit farther out, as long as you actively make an attempt to correct it. Before we continue, an update on my flight training. As I mentioned in last week's episode, I'm still continuing my IFR training. Ceilings have remained low and icing conditions prevail. I've been flying as much as possible, but I find it difficult with the current weather. Although I can't actually go flying, I've been spending time in the simulator, which helps me practice for a fraction of the cost. And now, continuing maneuvers. Our last ground reference maneuver is S-turns. S-turns are just as they sound. An S-shape flown by the airplane. The ground reference maneuver presents a practical application for the correction of wind during a turn. Again, it's important for the pilot to look outside and inside to understand what is happening to the airplane. As with all ground reference maneuvers, the airplane should begin on the downwind. The pilot should have chosen a road that is perpendicular to the current flight path and extends well over three miles. As the pilot flies over this straight road, they will immediately begin a turn to either the right or left of 180 degrees. Upon completing this 180 degree turn, the pilot should be back over the road where they started. Then, a pilot will complete this 180 degree turn in the opposite direction, putting them back on the same track that they began on. 
these two 180 degree turns must be constant radius. Because you're entering on the downwind, your ground speed will be the greatest at this point. This means that as soon as crossing the road, the first roll must be rapid, but not aggressive. This is the steepest turn of your S-turn's first 180. As you approach the farthest point from the road, your bank should be a moderate bank. And as you approach the road, you should have a shallow bank and approach wings level over the road. Flying the other 180, you should begin with a shallow right bank, and as you get farther and farther away from the road, increase it to a moderate bank. As you turn back towards the road, increase your bank angle, but make sure that your wings are level over the road as you cross the road a second time. Controlling the wing correction angle in these constant turns can be difficult to understand. Before completing an S-turn, again, make sure that you've performed clearing turns. There are a variety of ways to perform clearing turns, so find one that works for best for you. I typically will do a 90-degree turn to the left and then a 90-degree turn to the right to make sure I have scanned for all traffic. As with all maneuvers, it's easiest to perform these when you're ready for them before you go. Make sure you understand where the wind is from and what effect it will have on your flying. And finally, make sure to have coordinated aileron and rudder pressure. For those of you still flying with gauges, the slip skid indicator is in the lower left-hand corner of the six-pack. Make sure that the ball is always centered in between the two black lines. For those of you who now fly glass cockpit, your slip skid indicator will be up by your bank angle indicator. Always remember to step on the way that the ball is slipping, whether it be a triangle or the old-fashioned ball. By understanding your ground reference maneuvers, you should be able to not only command the airplane to specific roll, pitch, and yaw attitudes, but also be able to understand what wind effect does to your airplane. Safety is the most important aspect of flying. Ground reference maneuvers require planning and high levels of vigilance to ensure that the practice and performance of these maneuvers are executed where the safety of groups of people, livestock, communities, and the pilot is not compromised. To master ground reference maneuvers, a pilot must develop coordination, timing, and division of attention to accurately maneuver the airplane in reference to the flight attitudes and specific ground references. Of all the maneuvers, there are a few key takeaways. Number one, be prepared. Make sure that you're leveled off at the right altitude, the right heading, and you understand what you're going to do before even performing the maneuver. Just as we brief a takeoff, I often will find myself briefing a maneuver as well. It is important to understand what you're going to do before you do it. Verbalizing your thoughts has shown to improve pilot's performance when put in difficult situations or are saturated with many tasks. My second piece of advice would be to take things slow. Most aircraft manufacturers will give a maneuvering speed range. I will always fly on the bottom end of this range because it gives me the most amount of time to think about what I am doing. There are other maneuvers that your DPE likes to see on your check ride but we will talk about those in a later episode. This includes stalls and slow flight. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Squawk 5353. If you'd enjoyed this show, please subscribe and share it with others who you think might enjoy the show. A link to all the resources used in today's show can be found in the show notes. I'd invite you to please consider donating to my Patreon. This show takes quite a bit of time to research, write, and produce. By joining my Patreon, you will gain access to exclusive content. I'm your host, Izzy Simon from Squawk 5353, and let's make the skies a safer place.